Hello and welcome to What's Kraken, a 3XR podcast on 3XR Radio. I am your co-host, Eliazee's Digital Alarm Clock. On this week's episode, Adam sits down for a conversation with the enigmatic Mad Reaper to chat about all things custom wrestling figures. We hope all four of you listening, including my hamster's wife, enjoy. Please like, share, review, and all of that shit. Now, without further ado, some say he gives a more offensive performance than Jerry the King Lawler in the mid-90s. It's your host, 3XR Studio, a.k.a. Adam Evans Pringle. Run those titles. i'm excited yeah yeah good it's good to uh it's good to meet you like yeah no I've same done, same i've done a couple of um podcasts now like only only done one of one of my own but then i did a, i guessed it on a couple of others which i hadn't done before and it's just like it's just good to speak to people who i've spoke to via instagram for for a yeah. while you know and then like just speak like human style because it's already like a pretty you know, n- nerdy avenue that we're in without yeah. kind of not having like normal conversations. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. It is. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I guess I'll start with, so the last thing that you made was the, the Razor Ramon um, Canadian tuxedo thing, which I think you, you just won the thing that you went into, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the Toys of Jericho hosted this bad mm-hmm. guy invitational uh, he did an invitational custom contest last year, and um, I I felt like I performed pretty poorly with that atom bomb, just because like it really snuck up on me that deadline. So I was pretty disappointed with the tattoo. Um, I didn't have your decals yet. I I like <laughs> really winged it. Like it was like the seventy two forty eight hours kind of timeline. <clears throat> so I just I just got it in there. I knew I, like I was kind of bummed out about it but like dusting off the cobwebs and uh it was just for fun anyways but like i was disappointed in myself i should say um Mm -hmm. but yeah so then when i was able to do the scott hall i really dedicated i was like i'm gonna give it give it hell this time you know what i mean like really show up so uh i tried to do that and i kind of went up went out of my comfort zone as far as like i normally do in terms of my personal like favorite style and I kind of try to add a lot of depth to this one with the skin tones and stuff. And uh, I, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Like it, it looks, it looks like a mini Scott Hall, which is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, it looks like a, it looks like a real person. Yeah. Uh, apart from obviously like to the, the joints, but like yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the because uh, I just got a, I just got a. Uh, what's his name a dean ambrose today because i'm gonna do it oh yeah and i know him with some jeans but i haven't done any oh, cool. i haven't done any denim stuff yet um so i wondered what you what you okay. kind of did with, with that like the because the yeah. back of the jacket i showed him my, i showed my wife earlier and she's you know she doesn't have that much interest in this stuff but yeah even she even she was like oh, oh yeah that looks like a 
an actual oh, that's jacket. Cool. Thank you. So, you yeah. know, I think that's pretty good price. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's huge. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of denim too. So like, it was fun to like study the kind of texture of it and, and like how it reads as denim. So like one of the things that like, I haven't really touched on that is like more into this nerdy side of it, but I'm really fascinated by is like trying to capture the essence of like that character. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, with your Owen head, like you, you nailed that essence with his nose and, and mm-hmm. like it, like it comes off, like it's almost like an energy within the whole artwork that like kind of comes off that, like identifies it more strongly with that character for Scott Hall. It was like the, the eyebrows, right? Like really getting mm-hmm. those points to those eyebrows. That's really how Scott Hall had his eyebrows. He had a very iconic, like stare and a gaze. And so, um, you know, going to this razor and the denim, I was like trying to see what reads as what reads as denim. And a lot of the things that I saw was like variations and subtle variations. And so I'm a big fan of dry brushing. And so I was just mm-hmm. like, started like, hey, what if we dry brush, you know, dry brush paint on top and try to make this multi-layered denim. And then I tried it with my Raven and like Corey Graves. And I just kept evolving the process, having fun with different types of jeans different washes and uh it was just so much fun too because like a big part of my process is destroying that plastic and so like i love getting in there grinding up that plastic and and trying to get some texture and so that texture comes in to play when i am painting and getting that variation of colors like i'm just putting in one layer i mean obviously like if i prime it white first and then i'm painting blue if I'm going over it with my um, like latex glove or whatever, um, then it ends up picking off some of the paint and it actually like stays within the crevices of like that grinding up within the plastic. And so like it actually like automatically builds in variations to that color, having mm-hmm. that sort of texture in the sculpt. That's, that's what I love about like the NECA sculpt so much, you know, everything's got so much texture into the skin, into the folds and, and that's why that vest was a perfect match with how I was going to paint it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's it's kind of interesting because when you say about the expression and stuff, because obviously these are they're static; they don't move. There's right. you, you kind of have to approach things differently than um, to, to make them kind of to capture that that look. Because I think that was the thing, uh, like you say, with, with, with like an expression because his face is normally moving, he doesn't really stand still. You kind of have to sort of accentuate certain things just yeah, to, yeah. to kind of give it that in a, in a, in a, in a static kind of uh, uh, thing. And also like, yeah, with the, with like the material, um, because like it, if you're not using real denim, then that kind of um, reacts to, to light and you have this sort of tactile tactility about it. Um, but then when you're doing our plastic, it's like a different thing altogether, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, people make people make cakes, don't they? They look like real things, and yeah, I suppose there's like there's probably something in that. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, the texture, like a good sculpt. I mean, you know this too. Like a good sculpt, like is really like half that battle, and it, it's so much fun painting something that's really sculpted like that. For me, like that neck of vest with a lot of those folds, painting it, and then the dry brushing a lot of those natural highlights create that kind of naturalness that fools the eye. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. where it's like, you don't have to be a hundred percent spot on with the texture, the detail to scale. But like if the eye 
that's looking at it reads it like how you're wanting it to be read, then then your illusion sold. And for me, that denim is like really having the sides of it be darker towards the seams, get lighter towards the middle, towards the thighs, and then having that natural like wear and tear where Scott Hall would have his denim at, and then um, and then keeping it really dark in the dips, in the valleys of the folds of the legs and of the vest. And that variation, I think, ended up, it comes off more natural. Because, like, naturally, there's a lot more colors to life. But, like, we end up having, like, if a, if a lamp is black, it's, it's technically made of one color and it's black. But when you're looking at it and the eyes looking at it and the lights hitting it, you know that you got blacks, you got whites, and then you got a little bit of everything in between there as the light's reflective of whatever kind of surface that lamp is. And so the lamp that's going to look more realistic is going to have all these colors besides just black and white. And they're going to try to fit in all that kind of gradation of those colors to sell that illusion. And that's what I try to do with those jeans. Like I, I tried to like, say how many colors could I fit in there? Actually, that was my mission. I was like, how many colors can I sneak (laughs) into this painting? And I did that with the skin tone. I did like three different layers with the skin tone. I did like four or five different ones with the denim. And even with the boots, like I ended up dry brushing like a very subtle dark gray onto the boots because I was like, if they're worn boots, that leather is going to, even if, even though it's black, it's going to look, uh, look a little bit more lighter, you know, in those peaks. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're sort of like adding a, f- a fake, the f- a fake light to it without yeah, the, yeah. The, the real kind of, because I guess like a, a leather might have a certain uh, shine to it or some grease, yeah. but if it hasn't got that. And you kind of have to add it yourself. Um, and yeah, I guess there's, there's also a skill in that. Cause I've, you know, I've done the same thing with, with, with hair and with skin is like, is applying this extra, these extra layers, but without, um, you know, making it too thick or making it kind of cakey. Right. So you have to yeah, just go yeah. super, super subtle. Like with, with the dry brushing of stuff, I like, I'll, I'll put, let's say it's a white and I'll kind of, I'll rub it out on some, some paper or whatever until there's, there's basically nothing there. And then I might go to put it on the figure and nothing comes off. Cause I've, I've done it too much, but it's better to kind of go, okay. And then I'll do it again. Yeah. Just, so there's so like hardly anything goes on. Cause you can add like, you know, like if you look at someone's someone's beard, who's, who's like like my age, you've got like a, a yeah. couple of like gray bits in it, and if you just sort of touch on that, it just adds so much to it. And yeah, it, like like for me, the the whole point of doing this is I I you know I want to make it look way better than what a factory one would look yeah, like. Absolutely, um, because. I mean, sometimes when people say, "Oh, this is so good," it looks like it's a real, like a real figure. That's kind of insulting because they they right, can't do any like, of this stuff because like they're not hand painted. Yeah, that bar is um, pretty low to be not pretty yeah. low, but like we're aiming past that bar, you know, like yeah. And that's not that's not a knock to the factory, but like it is. It's just it is about that handcrafted quality, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're not gonna like I. I, I, the, the true effect stuff and the way they kind of print things onto the heads. Um, I, I don't even know how that happens really. Is it like, <laughs> is it like some sort of laser? I've, I've no idea. Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like, like when they show like a close up of, um, 
I always think of Cody Rhodes's teeth, you know, like the, right. the lips are kind of like half on the teeth. Um, and it's, it's so off, but you wouldn't paint it like that. No, exactly. Um, you wouldn't. I mean, it's, it's like one of those things too, that I think like they ended up trying to make it more realistic and in doing so, like it's like a step in the wrong direction. Like why try to have hyper-realistic eyes if you're still going to have that kind of skin tone? Cause I, I think there's a really redeeming quality to the way they used to paint the eyes. At least they looked, um, they looked nice on a toy. Like they weren't really wonky looking eyes. Now you get a misprint and now you have like a completely botched figure. I think, you know what I mean? Like, unless, unless you're a customizer and you're going to repaint it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, especially with jacks, like I can't, then they're never like completely on like this, there's there's a sort of yeah uh, almost like a inkjet kind of quality to to the eye. I don't know, like the the jacks kind of head sculpts. The eyes on them are really good, but I don't know yeah. how how are they, how are they done? Do you know? Uh, I think those are all painted traditionally. I don't think jacks had any sort of eye printing um, technology, and I think the one thing that jacks did really do with their eye like painting design that Mattel hasn't done was add the white, that one dot of mm-hmm. white within the eye. And that kind of changes Jack's eyes a lot more than uh, the traditional Mattel used to be because Mattel never had any of that. And even now with the printing, like I have a British bulldog here and he's got, you know, pretty, he's got a good print, but like he's got no white in his eyes or anything. So I think that like more colors, Going back to even referencing our past talk there, I, more colors, I think, adds to the illusion, like helps with that little uh, selling it. And Jacks used white on their eyes. And I think that they also, I think they were a little bit lighter or more detailed with their eyebrows, maybe. I feel like their eyebrows looked really nice through the Jacks era. Yeah, there's like a, there's there's more of a kind of texture to it. It's like yeah. there's, there's there's like a lot of really fine kind of kind of marks. Right. Um, whereas Mattel's are like lines, you know, like Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean it's kind of like I I'll I'll repaint stuff now anyway. I don't really have much of a display at all. So it's not like um I have to kind of fit stuff in with that, which I know some people Yeah want them to look like as close to factory as possible so that they can, you know, so they can have an Owen that sort of slots in with the rest of them. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want an Owen standing out that looks like he's got, you know, a real face and skin and stuff True. next to, yeah. um, you know, your standard <laughs> Bret Hart. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's, 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 there's different ways, ways of going with it. I mean, um, it, it's also like the custom as a piece of art though, too. Like, I think a factory-looking figure, I think it's got kind of got a ceiling as far as, like, what kind of price it could fetch, you yeah. know? Like, because I think that is a lowered bar, to be honest. You know what I mean? It's, it isn't the max ceiling of the potential of a figure as a piece of art, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, because the only, you know, the r- rarity and stuff is the only thing that comes into it, but that's... That's nothing really to do with the aesthetic at all of the, of the figure itself. It's just uh, supply and demand. Uh, yes. So, what's the what's what's happening with that uh, Scott Hall? Was that 
Is, so is that just with, for, your, for your own thing? Or? No, what happened with that is that Toys of Jericho pretty much pre-bought all these figures. Uh, and it okay, was like right, $150 right. originally. And um, and then I th- I got 250 to win. So it was like essentially I, I sold them for $400. So it was like nice little uh, loose figure. Um, it'd be fun to make more of them though. And I'm really debating that because that was – that was a blast making it though. You know what I mean? Like it's free. Do you have an idea of what sort of time you put into it? Uh, I would say, I would say if I would have had enough time to work on him, I would have been able to finish him within a week, but I would have probably say it's probably about 30 or so hours. Probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe. I mean, altogether, I, I think it's tough because, like, one of the things about, like, the recording of the um, reels and kind of recording additional content, mm-hmm. which is a new thing for me, I'm not uh, familiar with a lot of that. So, like, kind of coming back and reacquainting myself with Instagram, I was like, oh, these reels are a big thing. They have, like, a promotion to run them. I'm like, I'm going to look at trying to record some content because one of the things that I had wanted to do was uh write a book like on how to customize like as far as like everything that i've learned all these little tricks and tips and like put them inside there you know and and have contributions from all the customizers and like essentially kind of have like a little physical bible that you can pass down with all the like you know like how uh, how exactly i would make the packaging you know what exactly Mm -hmm. the process of the spraying the printing the gluing the cutting um all of that so like i was wanting to record myself as a way to kind of like be able to transcribe myself later and i realized during the owen hearts like that was a dumb project to record because that (laughs) i I probably have like over 40 hours of like just footage of pieces of it and so like it's like i'm not processing 40 hours of video and so um, but in doing so, I was recording a lot of this process. And so when I was recording a lot of like the, the denim painting that did occur in one session. And I think that session was only about an hour. It took me about an hour, hour 15, maybe to paint that denim. I don't know if I was doing it again, I could definitely knock it out in probably about half hour, you know? So like, that's one of the things that like, is my personal cheat code in doing the series of them. And, uh, I mean, you know, it too, not like when you're operating in a series of them, like you kind mm-hmm. of develop these li- like each figure you incrementally improve. And so like by the third time you're doing the same process, you're like a well-oiled machine. And so your overall average time on each figure goes down because you're just able to like refine these process, uh, refine these processes in real time as you're working on a batch of them. Yeah, um, totally. but it makes for super repetitive content and I regret recording all of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think if you look at, there's a lot of, um, I worked on, I worked on a campaign for, for TikTok a couple of years ago and like the, um, oh, nice. they, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of craft and stuff on there. And then these sort yeah. of, um, sped up footage of doing things or, you know, that kind of satisfaction, I guess, looking at those and just seeing what parts of it that they capture and it's like if yeah. you if you if you're going to record uh a process it's like which are the which are the kind of key key yeah. moments within this kind of timeline 
that are the like most useful things to see. Um, cause I've kind of, I've done a few with just my decal process of like, you know, uh, yeah. how I do, how I do stuff in illustrator and like with, with shapes and geometry and all this sort of stuff. Um, and, and you can kind of, if you can speed it up so quick that even if you're dithering or like when I'm doing it like that, it makes me go, Oh, cause I'm recording the screen. I, I feel like rushed into doing parts of it, but then yeah. when you speed it up, you can even like, you can take a chunk out and nobody yep. even notices. And, no, absolutely. Um, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I do want to say, first of all, though, bro, like, I love your aesthetic. Like, you as a designer, well, thank like, you, man. I love that look. Like, from the stickers to the, the, the attention to detail of the mock-ups on, the, on your packaging, like, I, I just love the whole aesthetic. So, like, it was really thank cool you, to see your – it was really cool to see your Owen Hart card because that was, like – that reminded me a lot of, like, the, when I did that Bullet Club series and, like, mm-hmm. you – nail it even more so because you can like make the graphics like into like a crt kind of scan like that kind of like thinking um like over adding to the overall texture man i just gotta say like i'm a huge fan seriously of your work okay so. thanks man i appreciate that so much it was like i i messaged you like quite a while ago about how i think it was after you did a pencil or something about what you did with the packaging um oh. so so i kind of i kind of took a lead from that with the you know, just using the yeah. uh, plastic prison thing, and then yep. uh, yeah, putting it in a putting it in a defender. Um, but yeah, like the, I guess the 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 actual design of the card was. I went to a um, I went to like a Chanel exhibition like about five yeah, or six cool. years ago, and they yeah. had a they the way they did their photos in there was all of this halftone stuff. So, That's so cool. It, yeah, it was all, it was all just black it was just white ink on black um and i've been trying to get that into something for years uh and then it ended up coming in coming in handy for this that was uh, so cool no i love it yeah. i mean i love that like when, when i'm doing stuff in procreate i love the brush aspect of it too like the different kind of brush heads the half tones trying to get like that pulp pulpy kind of background or like make a distressing into my card i mean i feel like you're also inspired by like vhs movies with the stickers like i love that yeah, yeah, yeah. aesthetic too yeah, yeah, you know totally. what i mean like um so when i think all, are, like, all, all, like the whole thing with this is like uh it's it's nostalgia and homage to things yeah. that i liked when i was a kid so so yeah when i was first watching wrestling i was you know i was going to get like um uh SummerSlam 91 from Blockbuster and VHS things and uh you know there was lots of price tags over stuff because you know they'd been re-rented multiple times or whatever and it's just the, these kind of like little cues just kind of make me feel good I suppose yeah so it's, no, it's kind of leaning I, into that yeah I that's exactly how I feel like there's something about the packaging that like stuck with me as a kid even that it, like I love like the Toy Biz packaging for the '89 Batman figures. Like I, mm-hmm. I distinctly, distinctly remember looking at the back of the card and like seeing that diorama. And it's like I never really knew like consciously the effects it had. But now, like as an adult who's like trying to get into figure photography and stuff, it's like, oh man, I was so inspired by that and the feeling it gave you because it's like it locks a layer of imagination. And it's like, oh, this isn't just a figure; it can also be posed and be something more you know it can be a it's a it's a vessel for imagination you know what i mean like not to sound corny 
Uh, I know it does, yeah, no, but no, like, so. it really is. You know what I mean? Like it, it's uh, super inspiring as far as just action figures as an art form, I think. And the packaging is a necessary part of that. I mean, I think you would agree now too. Like, I think when you're presenting a final package, um, it also kind of like puts your stamp on the work. Like it's like kind of distinguishes it from like a great custom without a package and kind of like makes it a part of a collection of yours and yeah, you exactly. as an I mean, artist. It, it, it allows you to have like a branded layer to it. Like yeah. you can, it's, you know, a lot, a lot of customizers have, uh, a template of way they post things on Instagram, which is great. Like, you know, they might put a logo a watermark in the corner and always photograph things in the certain light, the same, same kind of pose angle, whatever. Um, but you're, it's just like taking that layer and just putting it onto something and then yeah. taking, taking a step back. Uh, and then you, you just sort of, you're just wrapping it up in your, in your own sort of thing. Like I, yeah. um, I did some stickers today, which I posted, which were just my, these like one of one, kind of little oh, yeah, yeah, ho- ho- holographic yeah. things just as a uh yeah because I, I mean i i i did like i did 15 15 jay whites in my last run which was wow by, by far the most that's crazy of anything um which i was gonna ask because you did how many owens did you do in the oh, last one geez, now in total or oh, the last run i did i did 15 as well yeah 15. yeah did I you... sold ten and kept five for myself. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. That's the thing. I I always aim to keep one and then I don't because I'll. I know. <laughs> someone will message me and go, "Oh, have you got any more?" And I'm like, "I know. I, me too. I, 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 I don't really want to <laughs> make another one, so you can have the one that I was going to keep, and I'll do another one for myself at some point, which then never happens. But yeah, I know that um, I hundred percent, hundred ten percent, the exact same thing. That's why I waited till this run to get my Owens in. And even then, like, I had the exact same thing that you just described happen. Like, the Blue Blazers, someone wanted that. Someone wanted the the one with the buzz cut, um, the slimy winner. And so it's like I have to, like, fight off those offers and that temptation. And it's, like, super strong right after an auction. They're like, you know, $450 yeah. here. And it's like uh, I kind of, like, wanted it, though. So I'm, like, trying to attach, like, a sentimental meaning. Although, like, to be honest, like, they don't really have that much of a sentimental meaning feeling to me. Uh, so, like, I'm like, I want to sell it. But at the same token, because it, it represents such a bigger Owen project, for me at least, kind of trying to bid farewell to that. Since I did the other collaboration with uh, Joey at Showstopper mm-hmm. Customs, uh, to me, I felt like I, w- I was going to keep these at least. Because once Jazzwares comes out with theirs, then I can be like, okay, I mean... I made mine earlier than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and compare it. Yeah. But then I suppose equally you've, you've still got a digital portfolio and photography photos yeah. of everything. Like yeah. uh, from, from working in design and advertising myself, like the, the thing I live by it for showing my work is, is just digital recordings of it. So yeah. I'm kind of used to that. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, it's, it's probably nice to have like, you know, a physical, you can look, Oh, here's my first. Here's the second. Yeah. Here's the third, and just kind of see how it, how it kind of evolves. Um, yeah, totally. But yeah, it's it's like it. I mean, the, whenever I buy any figures, 
that I just like. I, you know, I watch, I watch like reviews and stuff online, or, you know, something will launch and I'll go, oh yeah, this is amazing. But then I get it in hand. Yeah. And then I, I, there's nothing that I can do with it then. Like I go, oh, that's like, right. that's the, that's the end of the road then. Like the way yeah. looking at it online, all that stuff's great. But then as soon as I've got it, you know, <laughs> I just go, okay. And then I just either just put it in a cupboard yeah, <laughs> or or put it on the shelf, and then that's it. So, that's so, so really, the getting selling them at the end is kind of fine because I've had, you know, the the doing yeah. it, taking the photo of it, looking at it, and go, oh, that's cool. You know, that's yeah. No, totally. I'm not really, not really bothered after that. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm the same way too, and then I think like that's where it's like. I know myself though too because I'm like I'll make I'll make one for myself later if like if I if it matters enough to me I'll make one for myself again yeah. later. Uh, but then the reality is like yeah no I won't make myself one later. Like I like to <laughs> be done with things and not have to go back and redo them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like or like get back yeah, in that yeah, groove. Totally. That, do you group. um so like do, do you collect like a lot of stuff or do you have yeah. kind of kind of a lot of stuff? Yeah, yeah, I think now I, I definitely have collected a lot. Like once I was um I was in like university for a while in grad school and I had no collection, had nothing. Um and then it started getting into like hot toys, uh, and then mm-hmm. got back into action figures and action figures were like my first love. So like I still love action figures the most and so like then it was just uh uh, all downhill from there. So I, I collect like the Hasbro's. I I kind of have a lot of my collection. I still like had my ECW, although I like wasn't like collecting and like caring about them. I I still had my ECW figures from when I was a kid. I still had like my WCW figures, and so oh, cool. then then that I had a display case space. I was like, I moved into a new house. I kind of wanted a new display case because I had some detolfs and like another sliding cabinet. And it wasn't like as aesthetically pleasing for me. It wasn't like oh, I don't really need it. And then um, seeing like this Maju case, like uh, this, it was like the super fancy like um, modular case with like glass or plexiglass on all sides that made it look like it was like at least like some sort of uniform structure that mm-hmm. like looked like it belonged or something. And so um, ended up like trying to collect to fill out that space and that ended up going overboard real fast because it's like <laughs> i i buy a lot of mattels but like i really don't care about a lot of them so like some Same. of them go straight to parts for customs some of them yeah. um i go to sell right away or just keep and bag them and tote them and so like i got probably like 300 uh elites that are in a tupperware that you know, I have no business in keeping because I, I, I don't view the real estate as that important. Like I dedicate like a nice big shelf to elites. And I think like, that's pretty good because I also got like my uh, X-Men, my Marvel legends, uh, McFarlane, Batman. So like, I kind of have yeah, like that stuff, isn't it, at that point? representation. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's the thing. I guess there's, there's so many of them, isn't there? They're like, you, uh... yeah. I was saying this the other day, I think, you know, when you think about the entire Galoob set or the entire Hasbro set, there's as many Roman Reigns elites as there is the entire yeah. collection of, of one of those lines, which is insane. 
Um, it is actually and, insane to think of it like that. <laughs> and, and and you kind of just need to like know where to draw the line, I suppose. Like I've been living in living in London and now in New York, I've never had any space, so right. it's kind of difficult. Although, like when I was in when I was in London, I I would I would like pre-order stuff on Ringside and send them to my my in-laws' house in Chicago. So there's oh, nice. so many, there's so much in their <laughs> in their basement. But a lot of it, I at the time I was like, oh, and oh, this is great. But then you know it just becomes like a peg warmer. So I've just got yeah, yeah. like you know some full price Bobby Heen and rabbits kicking around. It's like, what am I going to do with them? But then I, the, the beauty is you can always fodder this stuff and kind of make yeah uh, things with I mean, it yeah i think like one of the things that i find like really um fulfilling is like i don't know if it's fulfilling is the right word but i would say like <laughs> inspiring about the figures at least is like um like that aesthetic like it makes me feel like if i ever were to um do any sort of sculpture like that's why i started collecting again it was like i ended up doing like clay sculptures and trying to sculpt like the big statues and uh um, oh, amazing and then having like that sort of scale was a lot of fun and so i also liked being inspired so like i really got into the NECA alien line aliens like mm-hmm. one of my favorite franchises and so um seeing like the NECA pieces as art i was like an hr geiger and just like mm-hmm. the way that world was represented in this seven inch scale. I was like, Oh, these toys are like way more sick than the ones I had growing up. Like these are yeah, 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 yeah. little uh, art pieces. And so like, I'd actually draw inspiration from them. And uh, that went to like getting a lot of like the McFarlane stuff. That's kind of like grotesque. A lot of like the mm-hmm. capes with folds. Uh, and so like my style, like entering wrestling customizing again because i think it is a a niche of a niche kind of thing um entering wrestling customizing again my style was like i'm gonna try to bring like a neca aesthetic and not like in terms of the paint job but in terms of like how much little details i can squeeze into the figure i'll like that you know or at least i'll respect that more for myself (laughs) yeah 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 no i'm i'm from i'm cut from that same cloth it kind of adds like a it, it almost becomes like a little sinister and dark, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the more kind of like realism and layers you add to it, it, it yeah. just gets it gets that little bit kind of noir, doesn't it? But it's cool. Like, it. um, but that like when I started painting stuff, because uh, I mean I haven't I haven't done this that long. Like I think I did my first custom in like January twenty one or something like that. So oh, it's not, wow, that's amazing. Not very long. Um, but I was looking at like videos of people doing busts or people doing Warhammer and and like looking at like the most elite kind of yeah. scale painting and then taking that into this rather than uh I think some people kind of maybe do it from the other the other way around or they, they yeah. look at like a benchmark of a, a Mattel figure and then try and replicate that with painting a sculpt or whatever. But um I think like a lot of the accounts I follow are the people who do, um, you know, like Marvel heads and stuff that just look yeah. like real heads. Um, and if I can get anything from that, because, you know, even if you're kind of simplifying it, because a lot of those are slightly larger, which I guess right. is, makes it easier. It um, does, yeah. I mean, scale-wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, 
I I'm gonna I'm chatting with um do you know Bobble and Squeak? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brandon, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, his um like the detail he manages to get in the eyeballs, like yeah, like I, I don't know whether he's got yeah, like I was I was joking earlier, like has he got the you know, the Ant Man suit so he can kind of scale down and like <laughs> you know, just get get in there and then, then zoom back out again because he's got a steady it's, as hell it's crazy. hand. He's got a super steady he hand. Do, yeah. <laughs> I think he's, I know, he's a lot, lot younger than me, so maybe that's part of it. But <laughs> Well, he's, I mean, I know I know he was like in the first couple, I think he was in the first uh, customer round too, but he really brought it too in the second. And like, I just have so much respect for him too and his hand painting style. Like his, um, just his eye to be able to catch like a lot of those details to like mirror them, I think is what makes his, hand-painted logos a lot of times so much better than a lot of decals traditionally you know what i mean like mm-hmm. not every guy could paint like bubble and squeak you know what i mean <laughs> like they could yeah yeah yeah, exactly <laughs> and it, and it's not only the as you were saying earlier it's it's not just painting like for like to a photo it's it's how you kind of add the right marks in the right places that capture yeah. a certain look um and it's just i don't know there's there's just something with uh, there was like that Randy Orton he did with the when he had a burnt face that he put. Uh, it was that I had to look at again earlier. Um, and I don't know. There's just it's this sort of level of darkness and sort of sinister vibe ac- that comes across. And I don't know. It's just it's just yeah. I think it. I think as something. we as we pick up more details, I think it like adds more um, depth just to like whatever is there and that like detail in any form that it shows up ends up reading as like this real grittiness that I think like life has, but is very, very seldom imitated in art. And so Mm -hmm. like when we can go there with our plastic pieces, it really like kind of like smashes two concepts in the brain. I think where it's like something that small shouldn't look like that real be painted like that and it creates like this like attraction i think i mean who knows you know this could all be bullshit but like in terms of like what i feel like when i see like a really nice painted figure and like kind of like that darkness that i'm putting into it because it's almost like i i am trying to like tell a story when i'm looking at like scott hall's boots like his boots probably weren't technically that loose of a leather um in terms of like mm-hmm. its formlessness but i i've had a couple pairs of leather boots like that myself and so like i like that more worn aesthetic a little bit more towards like the so like the boots tell a story themselves like these these boots are you know thrown on by scott to like kick ass if he needs to they're tied around the ankles so they don't fall off and uh it's not like he took the time to lace them up all the way like like he was going into combat. So uh, I wanted it to give off that sort of um, energy, if you will, like when you yeah, look yeah, at yeah. the figure, you know? So it's like this kind of like carelessness of Scott Hall. Um, and so I thought even adding the little studs, the little diamonds or whatever he had in his ear, um, his earrings was cool. Cause I'd never noticed that earlier as a kid, but I've watched the, I rewatched and I'm sure you do the same thing, making these art, these decals, right? I rewatched the match, try to like look at things from just purely studying the, the aesthetic, just purely trying to catch like Owen's 
I've like I've watched that WrestleMania 10 match so many times just trying to study all the different mm-hmm. colors in Owen's hair and then all the all the specifics within his pants, how they lined up with like the black on his singlet. Um and I mean that's why I loved your work. So much of it was right there just done because it was like, damn, this attention to detail is phenomenal. Um it feels like it like fits right in line with how I like to look at things too. But but going back to that, looking at that Scott Hall thing, just purely looking at the details, I'm like, okay, I can get uh, his diamonds there. And that's going to tell the story. It's like, oh, he looks like he's got athletic tape over his ring finger. Uh, and like adding those little things here and there, I'm like, that overall like passes by the eye because you expect that when you're actually looking at the the real Scott Hall. And so when you notice them and you take it down and you're like, Oh wait, this is an action figure. And you start studying it and you see the creases in the elbows. You're like, that's not a real person, but you're like, notice all these details. It's like, damn, Mm -hmm. you can really start to see the craftsmanship that goes into it then, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the, the, the more detail, the better, like you can, you can take a, a very simple aesthetic looking, looking wrestler who just wears like trunks knee pads but then if you just add uh a tiny brand to an elbow pad or like the way that you might have uh a a wrap that's slightly higher on one leg than the other uh the way the the way the knee pads kind of sit like maybe they maybe they sit like a little lower um and just these like just these little things just just add add so much um i think it was uh oh with brandon he kind of added like uh the the kind of like little moles i think on cody rhodes's nose i noticed a long time ago and it's like that's that's so subtle because you can't even see that unless like the camera's super close up on him but it's just these little these little things and like you say with the boots it's like if you look at you know i i wear boots like that quite a lot and you know if you walk a certain way then like the the back or the heel kind of like right. uh, burns away on one side more than the other. So you can kind yeah. of like throw a bit of that into there. And it just kind of, if you just take these things in isolation and go, if this, if these boots are what, f- five years old, what should they right. look like? Right. Um, exactly. You know, how, how do they, if, if you wear them a long time, then you know that like this part always comes away or, you know, this part will, will, will fold because that's where, the foot is and yeah if you, it's kind of like when you add these things just holistically it just because it just starts to look right doesn't it um, yeah and then people who look at it kind of just go oh this looks amazing they can't they don't know why but it just right. becomes more familiar yeah right? that's exactly it it's like all the things that like we take kind of for granted um when you slow down and see them in miniature form you can like really grow a new appreciation with them and uh, I think it's cool because then it means a little bit more, you know, like it's not just a, uh, a throwaway toy. It's like, it's a, it's a little mini representation for whatever that's worth. You know, I'm not trying to say it's worth anything <clears throat> more, but it's pretty cool to have like something, uh, I guess, idolized inside a little figure, you know, like, I think that's, at least that's what I try to do. You know, like I'm, I'm trying to like make Scott Hall into a figure and uh each each layer of paint each color i add is is really trying to add towards that like energy again of of the vibe of scott hall you know too cool Mm -hmm. like not worried about anything rocking this (laughs) canadian tuxedo you know it just 
like yeah so and fun. there's like you know with him especially because i mean the thing that i love about i love about wrestling really is the is the kind of tragedy that goes along with it and the yeah. the kind of the real life stories that run in parallel and like the kind of you know the the darkness and uh all these sort of all these sort of things that make it so interesting and why like dark side of the ring is a thing yeah. um and you kind of if you can kind of encapsulate that and immortalize it into a piece of art or a figure um that's the thing really isn't it yeah. i think that's why you know i'm i'm kind of drawn to a lot of these dark dark characters or you know with with like a a certain um narrative attached to them be it be it an owen hart be it you know chris benoit and stuff and it's like yeah you know i'm not i'm not putting those in the same the no, same for bracket sure. for reason, but you know what i mean um, i totally get it it's like yeah, that's just the interesting thing, isn't it? Just having these these kind of these backstories and these these people who are um, portraying a character, but in such a, a more open kind of way, where the real yeah. life kind of like bleeds into it more so yeah. than you know a character in a movie. Well, and then the fact that they have no uh, representation in like that plastic form, you know, like for for both those guys, like mm -hmm. uh, you know, until like luckily Jazz wears. But like you're right, like there is like something that is sad about their career and their story. And I think like it does reach the toy world when like we don't have figures of these guys either. And so like when you're working on something like that, uh, I felt myself getting incredibly like. Uh, I wasn't like a huge Owen Hart fan before the whole Owen Hart project. I was a huge, yeah. I was a big fan. No, like, don't get me wrong. Like I remember watching that WrestleMania uh, 10 VHS with my brother over and over. Um, so like, I'm, I always, I had a brother, a little brother that's like right close to my age too. So like, I always loved Owen and Brett's dynamic, but I always was like, a, since I was the older brother, I was like more of a Brett guy, but mm -hmm being that underlying sadness with Owen Hart and being a wrestling fan at the time when that happened, it was like, there's almost like, you know, I was young though too. So like being like a nine year old when that happens, like there's this like taboo about it because it's like something, something that is supposed to be like fun and not real uh, is clearly very real in our generation growing up with the attitude era because like Owen Hart literally died. So like, there's nothing that, you can really say to a fan of that because he's like legit killed and off of the show. And so for me, I found myself in like my admiration of Owen's body of work and like even his work as a wrestler and a character and as a heel, like growing throughout working on these figures. And I think it, I think you almost like have to, like if you're really trying to like, make not just another painting of a figure and you're really like trying to, um, make something that like can come through a picture and touch you uh you you have to almost like channel that performer's energy and like mm -hmm. and and honor them you know and, and and i tried very hard to do that with owen and scott and i think the best compliment was when people were commenting you know like you know why i'm here but you don't know who or you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And like all that sort of stuff from the promo, just making it feel like, oh, he looks so real. Like that was the highest form of compliment. And mm -hmm. that compliment all 
Scott's to have because like that's his bravado that I was just trying to capture in a bottle and show it off to everyone else. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. I think like I'm the same as you. Like I, you know, as a kid, I I don't, I didn't really have much of a a thing for for Owen, but you just take you take things for granted, obviously. And totally. When uh, when someone dies like that, and I think you know at the time, like uh, kayfabe was a bit more uh, inset, and like you don't really know. It's like, yeah. oh, is it is it really though, or I you know is this true? Um, and then I think beyond that, and then naturally, because there's just, because there's no more, there's no more stuff to look at. You just cherish what is there. And then naturally you're going to find, uh, just, just more love for that, that body of work. Um, yeah. and then the, um, the, yeah, the, I mean, the, you know, the tragedy attached to it just kind of just makes it all the more sort of artistic, compassionate. Like when you think about, you know, like uh, Heath Ledger in in Batman. Yeah, uh, I it's it's hard to look at that performance in isolation and without, you know, at least fifty percent of me thinking about the real life tragedy that sits alongside it. Yeah, which then just kind of makes it all the more poetic, doesn't it? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think that's like, you know, it's, just, it's the same thing, isn't it? Really? No, um, it really is. It's it, it's when you can feel like it's an artist who like gave it all like them uh, to their craft. And as a consumer or as a fan, like it only grows in its appreciation once that stops producing as a human, as a, as an artist, it's like, damn, like this is all we got to remember them by, you know what I mean? Unless we create new things. And I think that's, that's what we're trying to do as, as customizers, you know, we're not trying to, I'm definitely not trying to take any money away from uh, the Owen Hart brand and franchise whatsoever. Like I just, I want to add to the representation of him. I want to create badass Owen figures uh, from his memorable matches that they can't. Like, let's face it, they can't do Blue Blazer. They can't do. Um, maybe they can do WrestleMania 10. Who knows? But like stuff like that. It's like that's bootleggers are the only ones we're the only kind of people mm-hmm. that can do that kind of like renegade artists you know doing them on yeah exactly art. and it's and it's not like you can do that and then you know they they excuse me they uh they sell pretty easy obviously because so many people want them yeah but then there's part of me that's like i i don't want to look like i'm making a business out of owen hart uh which is partly why the the sculpt thing that I did, I just, I was right. just like, I'm just going to open source this and just, and just give it out. So if you've got a printer, go for it. Um, because I don't know, I think that's just a stupid guilt that I have on me where you know, uh, I if, mean, you, if you sell stuff, but, but then again, you, you spend, you put so much time into it. It's not, it's not really about the, the piece itself so much as it is your time and effort that's gone into it and your kind of hand and craft. Yeah, I think that too. But I think it's also it is uh, it is really supply and demand at the end of the day. I think you know, like, um, it, it is filling a gap in a lot of people's collections. Like, mm-hmm. 
I know if I wanted to just make pure money off of it and milk it, I could do nothing but own figures, and I I could I could I could book fifty commissions. I bet you know, like doing that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And to me, it's like, ugh, no, like hell no, like I I want nothing to do with that. Um, not even for what it is with Owen, just that's not i'm not trying to be a toy factory and so like yeah you don't want to be an owen art an owen heart elf is right no right. no yeah. no i mean i still have my yeah I, I love to be an artist and and have my own freedoms but like even on that like i like to provide what representations of owen that i can and and not like speaking of like that energy and focus that goes into making each figure i i don't want to water it down and divide it too much like I split them up to where it's even like one elite, one ultimate. And to me, that's enough variety to really like be like, I'm not really splitting the seed. I'm like able to really have a lot of motivation. And that's, that's even the only reason I made like the black heart version was like, I still felt very satisfied after making the danger ones. I was going to stop at like seven. And then I was like, Oh man, like I feel like I'm on fire though. I can I can make a couple more tires. I guess would be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I think that's the I thing, mean... <laughs> isn't it? You uh at least because you did like a you didn't do like multiple versions of the same attire or anything. There is a there is a freshness to it, like the hair's right. kind of different. Um because I kind of had that with with the Jay Whites, because there was only there was only so many attires that I could yeah, do. And, that's true. Uh and I was taking I was just doing what people wanted and most people wanted the the VC era black kind of attire. Right. Um, right. So I'm just doing them over and over again. But then it was like I think I not that I've ever run a marathon, but I think you get you get kind of tired and then you find yeah, you, you I totally guess when, I guess when you can when you're over halfway and you see the end, you just get like a surge of energy. And then when I yeah. got to the last kind of few, then I had like more inspiration to kind of you know, I was adding like, I was adding jackets and tees, yeah. all sorts of stuff. And then I did a couple that were in packaging and uh, that, yeah, after having like the the kind of lull in the middle of it, um, you just kind of find the source of inspiration after that. Um, but I think yeah. I can't, I can't do too many more of them unless he changes his, changes his gear. I know. <laughs> I know what you mean though. I mean, that's how I was with like Pentagon too before his figures came out, and like I I know like sometimes like I definitely get too keen and like try to do too many, and then I always like too I do get burned out, and so then like I got so many abandoned or like set aside projects that it's like I'm not doing Same. this many of them, but um, but then again it's cool though to like I'm glad I did at least some of those Pentagons and Phoenixes because it felt like it was cool because I felt like uh the official phoenix figure comes out in like a painted tire that i painted you know like that was really cool so like yeah they, uh, they must have they must have taken some inspiration from that it they feels like done. weird i mean yeah i mean and and like and it's not just to say like that one way thing but like to me like there's something cool about like trying to add to this overall body of work and i think that that's why like for for you what you did with this owen head is such a huge contribution because it is like it is it is rising the overall sea level um single handedly by now allowing a lot of access to this thing you know and so like uh, it's one of those things too that i wanted to not forget about is like i i i might need some help 
with three D printing because I do have a three D printer and I have I oh you do printed some things yeah uh, I just I don't I, I I've never I've not done it I just uh, I'm just the middleman oh <laughs> <laughs> well I mean that's where like I I have one and I've tried I'm starting to do some files I've kind of do that but I still have like some glitches and some lines missing and stuff so I'm like when I get like time I want to like really like learn how to three D print but then there's also like this um thing about like I don't want to get into that hit 3D printing hit business either. And I, and I love that it exists because it literally makes every figure so much cooler. And all of us then have access to that. But then it's like, it is very like, uh, I'm such a hand sculpted fan. Like that's what drew me back to wrestling was NECA. So like, for me, there is such a drawing towards even non-factory figures. Like I find factory figures very limiting um i love them when they are as nice as they can be but very seldom am i like this factory figure kills it like it's perfect it's flawless you know what i mean unless it's from NECA. like i love NECA. yeah exactly i mean it's not gonna be i mean you can take that same thing into anything like you know cars and stuff like the way that things are just mass produced now there's less there's less craft there's less uh nuances in the in the thing um which i I don't really collect or have much even though the kind of one of the first things i got was like hasbro stuff um i love seeing the zombie sailor things just because of the 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 sort of the craft and the the modeling and the kind of um the sort of arcadeness about them, like the way that yes. you know, the scale, the scales kind of kind of weird, but in a, it reminds me of like playing street fighter or something. Yes. Um, yes. They're, they're just really like, so I, I, I prefer, I prefer the green, like sculpty thing than what the final thing looks like. I'd rather have the, the raw, the yeah, raw elements. No, me too. <laughs> I mean, that I think going back to what I was talking about earlier in terms of like even why I started collecting again physically was for inspiration purposes. And I think like if I'm being completely like vulnerable and honest, I think like it'd be really cool like as a side gig sometime to have an action figure company, you know, like so like for me, like I in the back of my head, like do keep buying and do keep collecting because I'm a fan of the art form of toys. Mm-hmm. But like I'm always like trying to pig it in the back of my mind to where I don't forget like, Hey, if you make this toy line in the future or whatever, like this is a cool concept to add in that will really like make a cool toy line. You know, like for me, I love like exactly what you said. Like when it's, when it's going off like the arcade feel, there's a feeling to the figures. There's like a feeling to the, there's a, the way the aesthetic is of like Hasbro's zombie sailors, like hand sculpted, like the knee pads, the details, kind of like the slightly off perfect symmetry that ends up reading as more normal because actually when it's like perfectly symmetrical, it's like, wait a sec, this actually feels like a, a little bit off. And a lot of times you can't tell because it's so damn perfect, but mm-hmm. like nature, human faces, nothing is like that in, in the yeah. real world. So it actually kind of sticks out. And so I'm the exact same way. Like when I, when I see a sculpt in a certain style, even it does take me back to something like that, where it is like an arcadey feel. Yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head really with, with things like symmetry, because obviously when you do things uh, with 
with software yeah. there's no like there's no organic kind of thing with that um right i there's a thing i used to like when i put when i try and put mood boards together for projects and stuff i used to say to like a guy that i work with you you almost want to you want to kind of throw images at at the screen as if you were going to throw them on a table, but there's no way of doing that because you have to put them in a specific place. And if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're doing like a digital render of something, it, it's just going to mirror like the other side. Uh, whereas if you've got something in hand and then you're doing everything by eye, everything is going to be off. Yeah. But yeah. that's just what it should be. Um, right. When, when you have the eye of the artist balancing it all, trying to translate it i think that's a perfect word for it is like it's about how well we translate everything here you know what we see into what we're trying to achieve and and the level to which we translate it is really um the kind of levels of artistry i think in in the customizing craft itself like because i think as far as the aesthetics they're all valid and great like i love a basic hasbro retro kind of aesthetic I love LJNs, their aesthetic, you know, lack of detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love, I, yeah, we're the same. Like, I, we can find uh, that kind of appreciation for whatever the end goal is because I think they all represent, like, right here on my desk, right, I have, like, this Elvira. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit mm-hmm. the mic. But, like, these Toonie Terrors, like, I'm not a big fan of, like, the line, um, but I love like the cartoony sculpts of them. It's cool like that, but they're not very good at action figures. I have to say like, I, I'm not a big fan of things that are small that are like not posable, I guess. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, uh, if it, yeah, you, you kind of need that. Otherwise it might as well just be a porcelain kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> So what's um so what's kind of next? What have you got coming I'd up? Say, or, um, what do you think you're gonna do? I got a couple commissions I'm working on, uh, like a Max Aggression Macho Man that's been on my desk mm. for a little while. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm excited because I got a couple new paint brands that I'm wanting to try out, like that uh, Pro Pro Krill. Uh, it's a really mm-hmm. cool, nice thick pigment. So I'm excited to try some of these on the bigger scale. I got like a Jushin Liger, uh, just a couple other like little odds and ends. But then for me, as far as like my next series, I'm hoping to knock out my FMW line. I've been planning this for oh, okay. way, way too long before, before Hayabusa had a cello toy. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I'm so excited because it, it's kind of a repeat from my earlier uh, Hayabusa. I keep looking over here at my wall. This is my, I can't show the camera, but it's like this whole wall of all my pieces. So I have this Hayabusa that I did a couple uh, years okay. ago. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've just been asked, I've been asked to do one now, and I've got a head ready. Um, oh, I love him. But I mean, I'm I such a fan. I don't know what to, 
what's the what's the best formula for a, so for an yeah so that's why i wasn't too like, i was like i was kind of workshopping the formula because then i also wanted to do a sabu too so his pants were something Same that i wanted to upgrade um mm-hmm. the first time i did a an Ezio upper like with, up to the knees from the crotch to the knees and then i did a um braun Strowman, i think um lower part and that Mm-hmm. that was nice but it ended up making the figure actually a little bit too tall so mm-hmm. one of the things that i wanted to do fix with was uh get that shortened a little bit and um see if i could make a better um calf piece and so what i actually ended up doing during this whole time whenever i would get time to work on it i i, I cut off a braun Strowman size one shaved off a couple centimeters and then um re-sculpted like more of that bagginess onto the mm-hmm. uh piece and so i i sculpted a lot of wrinkles in there so i got it to like the right size now i molded that casted it up and so um for me like i think i found the right pants in the Ezio um thighs mm-hmm. i think a road dog or uso's um waistband with the kind yeah. of wrinkles going up a little higher uh because then the like the waistband belt itself would get covered with the sash um yep. or whatever but like i like the, uh, i like the road dog style crotch because i think that that looks like hayabusa more so yeah, yeah the, definitely um... yep. but then with that with the really chunky Ezio legs it kind of helps add that puffiness that his his pants had like that airiness um because it is thinning to the waist and then the yep. uh the the calf piece that I sculpted is what I'm using for the calves. And that that's the same piece for Hayabusa and Sabu. But now I feel like with, um, what's his name? Uh, not Mace, but, uh, the, the other guy from that group, this guy, I can't remember his figure's name. Uh, Oh, um, he's from that. Richard. Dijakovic, but I don't yeah. know his. Uh, yeah, I don't know what his. his uh, what's his? I can't remember his uh, character's name, but his uh, his new figure has got the kind of calves that are that are smaller than the Braun Strowman type. That T-bar. I think would, would T-bar. Prob- That's it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, T Bar. Yeah. So T Bar's yeah. calves. I haven't really fit them yet, but I'm thinking that that might be a pretty good um, option for Hayabusa in terms of maintaining that height, shortness of height. Um, but then I'm also doing an ultimate version of that figure too with the Shinsuke torso because I really liked how like the Shinsuke torso is like super not fitting for anyone but Shinsuke really. So like mm-hmm. they really killed it. But yeah. I thought for Hayabusa it would be like, for an ultimate at least, it will hit right, you know? I think yeah, for definitely. the... The other ones I'm still doing like the Bo Dallas torso still. So mm-hmm. I like that. And um yeah, I think that's pretty much the recipe that I'm gonna be going with for these Hayabusas. Uh but man, that's so a, I got... kind of go ahead. Sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like um what what I would love to do at some point, uh which yeah, I mean I guess with the figure giant thing and all that stuff could kind of fold into it would be creating a book that 
shows yeah. like every part and who it's who's on it like you know every type of crotch where do you get that uh who has this uh shin whatever um because yeah i i never remember it's like playing the guitar and like you know needing to like look at tabs or chords like you can, i can never remember stuff um and that would just be like the you know the customizer's bible yeah uh, would be amazing but i don't know I don't know. I guess without doing, if I if I did two hours on it and see how far I got, I could probably work out how long it would take. But it would take knows? a while. Yeah. I, feel like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like from a toy manufacturing design. Like they they try to use a lot of the same mold pieces, mm-hmm. and so like they do introduce a new mold though. About like every line, it's just some weird piece, and so like for me, like it would be really cool because I think uh, if 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 you're looking at them, it's almost something that you do have to keep inside your head otherwise, because it's like, there's so much differences that unless you like clock it, you know, like, like the amount of weird useless shit I have in my head, uh, is like, like Ric Flair's legs being a slightly longer and skinnier than Bobby Roode's, but like, they're both (laughs) perfect ball joint pan legs. And I'm like, why? Like, no, like I shouldn't be keeping this in here. Like this should be in a, reference yeah, guide yeah, or something yeah, yeah yeah but yeah so like imagine if you know if you had a some software that you had all of these blocks that were like lego you yeah. know and you could just sort of pull them on and sort of drag them together and just see oh that kind of worked oh that makes him six foot five and he needs to be six foot one whatever um, it'd be so cool oh yeah so good uh yeah because you could do that too like especially when you're like breaking down the skin tones and stuff like I think like especially like there's there's subtle variations that like if you if you knew them then like it does make a difference for making a figure going on you know or just like in terms of like the Bret Hart's right like the for the ultimate they you they painted his muscle legs like so they painted like Bobby Roode legs and they didn't mm-hmm. use sculpted tights underneath but like for this new figure they're using like the the sculpted pink tights and that actually is a little bit taller than the ones that they used mm-hmm. on the ultimate, which ends up being a little shorter because of, uh, they're, they're this, they're Bobby Roode's legs. So it's like stuff like, yeah. That. And, I, and I think like the, the latest earthquake they bought out was, yeah, uh, it's a different size than the old one, but those, but I, th- I feel like the pieces that are on earthquake and typhoon are quite unique in that. I don't know if they're on too many other, people so i don't know what it is with the new earthquake that makes it is it the is it just the boots that's taller or something or? yeah so what what was fascinating about that was like the original earthquake uh they had like these really cool stubby fat boots mm-hmm. um yeah but then uh and then so they kind of were a little shorter and and thicker because of that uh and they weren't like too short but then when they released the shark they had the tall length boots that were still like the bigger length but like they were still like the bigger size feet and the biggest way you can tell even is measuring their feet like there's literally two size sculpts of of the normal boot um in black and white but there's two different lengths like there's the bigger bigger guy's boot that when you put the bottoms, they are a little bit bigger. So he had oh, like, oh really? Yeah, the, yeah, the bigger version of a uh, blue ones, and in the shark. And so now this is like the first like earthquake figure with the shark size boots, 
So, like, I think technically a shark figure is to scale better. And so mm-hmm. this earthquake's to scale better, too. But now, like, being a super weird nerd about this shit, um, the new earthquake's arms are double-jointed. And so, like, they're pretty much using, like, Brock's arms. Whereas before, the earthquake's arms were actually really a gem because those were mm-hmm. the arms that they used for, like, one-man gang. And so they were, like, a really nice, bulky arm, like a fat arm, but not, like, Typhoon's really fat arm. You know, like Typhoon's got yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. fat arm, but like earthquakes yeah. were really nice, like one man gang arms. So the new earthquakes have different arms than all the other earthquake figures. So that's a weird little, right. you know. But like, yeah, 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 because I know he's money. Because on a talking of fat guys, the uh, like King Kong Bundy as well. I think that's yeah. got pretty unique kind of super chunk chunky pieces. Uh, yeah, which I've I've got that in. I don't even have that many like mock kind of figures, but that's one that I do have. Um, so I, it's just, that's a good one. It, it, it's stored in like in pristine condition. So I've never really looked at it, but yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> if I die tomorrow, what a waste of time that was. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, but yeah, I think like those are the, yeah, the, the, those sorts of pieces are amazing where, but they're really unique. Like, I mean, you get some, a lot of figures now are like, you know, where you can just, especially because of what we do, you can just see like, oh, that's just, that's Dolph Ziggler. That's what da da da. Right. Um, right. So it's, it's having those unique things. And a lot of those come, I guess it's kind of like, like the car business. It's like things used to be more unique and, you know, they would make certain things and, yeah. And now they renews things and there's less, uh, uh, yeah, there is less new uniqueness to these things. Yeah. Um, and uniqueness they don't do that so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, uniqueness is a perfect word because, like, that King Kong Bundy is, is like, those fat legs, like, earthquake. And I think, like, that was, like, the only time they released those thick, fat boots in black was on King Kong Bundy. So, like, mm-hmm. if you wanted to make him, there's no other figure that's like that plastic-wise. You have to use earthquakes, pants, and legs. Um, but then, like, his torso is, like, the big Andre torso. So it's, like that combination is like actually a really good size for King Kong Bunny. But if you're piecing that figure together now, uh, like Otis isn't anything like it. And you would think yeah. you would hope that he would be close, but he's nothing like it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's wild. Um, because for as, as unique as they've gotten, they've really gotten less unique and diverse in their lineups. Now, like looking back at their legends line, the amount of new parts they use in each line was like, ah, this is amazing, you guys. But then if you look at the gap between Kevin Von Erich and like 2014 or whenever they released that figure uh, towards like Matt Riddle, it's like you guys mm-hmm. never used bare feet this entire time again, but you had Jimmy Snuka sitting there and you're still not making him. You know what I mean? Like, what do you... It's that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, they, 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 they did a Snuka version with boots on as well, didn't they? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't have that uh uh what was his name kevin von eric the, yeah. the barefoot one i don't even have that so i is it is it exactly the same as as riddle? yeah have they used the uh, yep okay. yep so they didn't even have to make new ones for riddle you know they had them the entire time but it sucks because like for me i think like i hate saying this because 
Um, but like, I do feel like some customizers can know more parts better than even Bill himself might, because mm-hmm. like some of these parts choices do make you scratch your head. And when you have like Jimmy Snuka, like there's no reason they can't make like the most amazing. I mean, now obviously he's embroidered in like he's a murderer, mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> but damn it, like yeah. <laughs> before all that, they could have made a Jimmy Snuka barefoot. I'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to condone. <laughs> what he did but <laughs> no 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 of course uh yeah yeah you're, you're totally yeah you're, you're totally right because it's like the because they waited so long to use that and they go oh another barefoot guy comes along yeah we can actually we can, we can dust off these these old uh files whatever they were when they did it i mean it's, it wasn't that yeah. long ago um but then on that same figure he has really weird arms uh yeah but I don't understand that unless that no, was something like to do with arms. making. Yeah, is it, is it because the jacket w- looks better with those arms than if they put regular? You know ones what on I'm it? thinking? Like I'm like, if they have to have like a steel mold for each part they have over there, I think they've have the unique problem slash blessing slash problem opportunity in that they have such a probably one of the mass most massive libraries of individual parts now than any action figure line possibly ever um that are interchangeable yeah. with the platform uh so like if you think about like i mean marvel legends manages to reuse a lot of their parts a lot of their figures are really um well they're what they're trying to imitate it's a lot easier to copy that same sort of superhero body and repaint it and add on little rubber accessories to make it different but it's not mm-hmm. like you're having to make a whole new uh, steel mold or me- you know metal mold over there or um, steel yeah steel mold yeah or, and they're um, they're not tooling. real people either so it's probably it's easier to kind of get away yeah. with things being a bit off because they're mostly from well unless they're like taken from the the actor who's played them if they're if they're just from comic book stuff right then no one's gonna go oh his 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 uh, his calves are thicker than that right like it's that's not, true that's they, true they're, they're, they're drawn differently aren't they i suppose in that's very true i never really thought of it like that <laughs> but i never thought of any of this until right now so to be honest like this is a fascinating conversation because i think that mattel's probably got the problem of i'm sure bill would be like well we have like thousands of different molds and so yeah we know this part exists but we wouldn't know where to find that tooling at now because we haven't used it since you know a decade ago and what a unique like problem to have but i'm sure they must have it because if they don't have that problem then you have to think like that kind of book that you just talked about wanting to be able to dream up you think that they must have some pretty damn good catalog of their parts then yeah they 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 must have that that book (laughs) in some in some instance or however you know, uh, <laughs> how, however they do it there, whether it's uh, folders on a computer that's like yeah. uh, under, however they however they organize it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think five years from now we're going to be having conversation about customizing our own toy lines that are like completely sculpted digitally by us and and made like by us in terms of mass produced because. I think they're going to make um, plastic casting, injection molding, injection casting, uh, 
a lot more affordable and on the home level here soon. So like it is crazy because yeah, that's kind of a I mean, dying it, process. It could it could end up being like um more uh environmentally friendly uh, yeah. speed, cost, whatever is to is to download things that you print yourself. Because uh, yeah. I, I got these like um, teenage teenage engineering speakers, and then they did like they did downloadable like little stands and stuff for them and like oh, accessories. Cool. But but they were all for three D printers. So rather than buying them and having them delivered to you, you just down, right. you just you just got the file and then printed it, which I couldn't do because I didn't have a three D printer. But right. Like you say, I think like uh, we're at the point now where. You know, like when a few people had the internet in their house, a few people yeah. have got 3D printers. Maybe yeah. in five, ten years' time, people will be uh, 3D printing all sorts of stuff, like uh, yeah, you know, uh, a handle brakes on a mug or whatever. Like, you know, you just instead of going to like Home Depot, you print um, a part of a whatever, a part for your. I mean. Uh, microwave whatever you know just like fixing things so maybe how did you find out about the white ink like i feel like that's like a Uh, groundbreaking achievement that you 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 contributed you know i think like you're the first yeah i you know uh i i i think i i was searching for that for for quite a while and then there was there was an old printer that used to do it which was so like when people bought you know, like Airfix models and they make like little planes or, yeah. the, you know, the original decals of doing like cars and like uh, yeah. fire trucks, whatever, like they had the ability to print white. So they had these printers that, that had an extra slot for, for white. Wow. Um, so, but I looked at buying one of those initially, um, but they only printed to a certain DPI. So, Right. I was told they weren't too good for like certain levels of detail. But then I found through t-shirt printing this company that did uh white toner that it wasn't meant for like a it wasn't a special printer that took it. It just you take the black toner out of your printer and put this white one in. So you print black <clears throat> but it's actually printing white so white. it thinks it's printing black but it's not so you just sort of change it on the on the wow. screen wow yeah that, um, but i thought that was amazing like the way those look now on like the knee pads it almost makes it look like it's printed like more than a factory could do you know what i mean yeah it's 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 really good i mean um it's not too good for if you need to like print stuff that are like too like white and something else together right, right. when you have to reef because you have to refeed it for your printer so you have to do the you do the white layer and then you do the other layer so it's it's difficult to get those two that things to to align yeah you can do them separately so then you put one down and then put the so i might do like a a, a white kind of layer first and then you put the color one over it which essentially is the same as like uh like if if you painted a bit of a like figure white, put right. a thing on, and then painted around it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a bit of a hassle, but it's 
yeah, I mean, it works. Well, I mean, where I was going though, I think it's so cool because that creativity like ends up like raising the raising the level again and going back to like the, the ease of 3D printing. Like, I know, like for me, it is a little knacky still too. I need to like learn, you know, the kind of technology, but like I still feel like it is getting easier to 3D print just based on how many people are getting into it and doing it. I just feel like it's like a time thing, you know, but like on that, it's like, how much longer are we going to have until we can start uh, molding and injecting parts without a lot of that toxic fumes and shit? Like, but, but at home or on a smaller scale, because that's well, yeah, already kind of happening I mean, in the Warhammer. Community. Do you have, um, do you have, if you got a resin printer? Yeah. 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 Like, is that kind of dangerous or does it no i think do you have the, to have it I mean, in a certain well like, like you don't, don't want to have do you, like, do you, do you need ventilation i don't i don't know anything about it because i haven't even I looked mean, into it since since having a kid i've definitely been a little bit more worried about this, like, this was my concern yeah. yeah yeah so like uh i i have it in the garage and i don't like the fumes of it but it's not like super bad um but, yeah, but that said i have like the photon mono x so it's kind of got a little case that i put over it and it, you know when it's printing or like the that doesn't really stink that much um so like for that it's actually not too bad like it's it's i wouldn't want it in my studio down here i feel like that would be a little too much but um having it like outside or at least in a you know ventilated room i feel like is is a lot better because i mean but i used to do stupid stuff all the time so i'm just trying to correct it now i mean <laughs> i used to sand resin without masks i mean i'm not i'm not a, a role model yeah 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 uh, <laughs> i mean i i've definitely breathed in some of that myself yeah um <laughs> like i don't know i think i think you can probably get away with a certain amount of it a little bit of um, it, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so. yeah <laughs> uh but yeah you um yeah that was the thing really because do you is there stuff you have to dispose of with it uh, uh no like... not really no because like you can keep you can uh put the resin in the vat and as long as it doesn't get exposed to like sunlight it doesn't cure so then after it's done printing you can even dump out that resin back in the container and seal it up and so like that vat's not even like necessarily full sitting around smelling. Oh, okay. You know, so it's, either, it's so. kind of like, I guess, you know, when you used to, uh, you draw something with some glue, pour yeah. some sand, pour some sand on it, and then it would be stuck. But then the rest yep. of it that comes off, that's yep. still sand. So that's I guess exactly can, what it can does. Do that. That's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, how it prints. Yeah. I mean, really, it's like, has a little screen that has that pattern and it just raises it each time and i think it's fascinating man like i that's why i do want to know it better uh, like i bought one for that purpose but like i literally bought it and it sat on the shelf assembled and unused for like the last eight months so whatever yeah i mean i i bought <laughs> I, I bought one of those cricket machines to do like uh oh, vinyl fun, yeah. and stuff but uh because me and my wife are gonna do some like kids clothes and stuff with yeah it, but then but we haven't. We got it in December. It's haven't taken it out of the box yet. <laughs> I know uh, how that is, though. I don't uh, know. So is. yeah, who who knows? But I think with the with the three D stuff, I would like to try and learn how to use ZBrush a bit. I'm more interested in the in that side of it than the 
than the technical side. Uh, yeah. I, I'd probably just get someone to do the printing for me and then send it to me. Uh, that's yeah. worked out so far. Um, that's what yeah, I'm man. practicing too. I'm doing the ZBrush. I think I'm, I, I got the new iPad for that purpose. If I can like do it on my iPad, that's my preferred way to do art. So I yeah. feel like if I can do it on there, then I'm off to the races. Cause I feel like I can, I know I can sculpt a hit in real life, but I do want to learn how to 3D sculpt. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, with painting and stuff, not having the ability to undo an error is is the worst yeah. thing. But then if you if you're doing it, if you're sculpting digitally, it can only be easier because you can just keep you go no that's wrong and then just keep doing it. Um, yeah. But I think that's that's the thing. Like if if I can do it using a screen, uh, as in a tablet that I yeah. can see onto. Like I I can't draw if I use like a a uh well they're like a wacom on a screen i have to kind yeah. of me too. i have to sort of be i have to be looking at what i'm drawing like i can't look no at this, I'm a screen over here and, and my hand over here uh so i think the thing is with with sculpting in that is whether or not you can can you put like a a reference image over the top a photo and then sort of sculpt uh right with, with that at the same thing because you kind of need that to be able to know where get the things in the right place i right. suppose like i'm i'm not a painter from from the 1920s you know like i would rather <laughs> uh, i mean i'm the yeah. same way though like my when i had my wacom i i did a couple of digital paintings with that and i i too need like that tangible touch to touch with what i'm working on and it's really hard to have that brain disconnect like i can do it and and i do have like the tablet for that but like i'll be honest I have zero interest. Like sculpting like that does nothing for me. Like I, I would not have any fun doing that. So like, that's why I haven't like learned it yet, but I'm hoping on the iPad, it seems to be like that kind of tactileness that, uh, we like. And so I think like, if I can just learn the program, it'll be really, uh, easy to sculpt other pieces on there on the iPad. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I'm going to take a look at that because I didn't know, I didn't even know you could do it. Uh, if there was an iPad, yeah. I didn't know there was an iPad app for it. Um, yeah, my my iPad's ruined just because my my kids got so many like I things know. installed on it. <laughs> like even trying to use Procreate now, it crashes because there's so many like YouTube kids things downloaded and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> uh, and even trying to draw on the screen, you know, because I'll, I'll be drawing a line and then I'll hit like a bit of. Uh, honey something, or something on the screen and it's like yeah yeah yeah, and it's just like, yeah. yeah as, uh, soon as, uh, as soon as my daughter came i pretty much got a new ipad that i could hide for my art and then the one that yeah, she I, can uh, handle <laughs> yeah i think i need to do the same thing all right cool man i reckon we've we've hit we've hit 130 so i'm awesome. probably gonna have to like uh yeah uh, I don't know. I might. I might just try and split it into two things and do it that way. Yeah, I mean, um, you could always do it again too. But, whatever. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I could. I could chat this stuff forever. Like, it's great. Um, oh, it's fun. We're pretty. We're pretty much on the on the same wavelength. I think, and it's yeah. It's it's nice to take the same sort of approach and thinking, uh, and you know, perspective on things. Um, but yeah, man. Like, I, oh, if man. Thank I, you. I, I would, I would like to do. I'd, I'd like, I'm going to try and do some more kind of like some three-way chats maybe 
we see yeah. people, but um, you know, I'll, I'll message you on Instagram. We can work out some stuff of what would be cool or whatever. Hell it's yeah. like, it's just, uh, it, it's just fun for me. If anyone else listens, then great. But oh, I'm if excited. they don't, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope so. I think this was in really in, or, like there's a lot of detailed stuff that like you don't hear anywhere else. I mean, yeah, it would be cool to talk about like our art design process, you know, like in depth in terms of like the elements of what we like on on a card, you know, particularly. So it'd be yeah, cool. Yeah, I think you know, getting into the weeds of the weeds as far as we want is, is yeah, it's great. It's great. And it's like, like you say, it's not, I don't think there's another place for it. Like I've, you know, no, uh, I mean, so you need to be a customizer too, you know, but, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but yeah, sweet man. All right. Well, cool. yeah, it's been, uh, I appreciate it. been amazing chatting to you and, um, I'll, uh, speak to you soon. Oh, thanks man. Yeah, I appreciate take it. Take care. Have a, take uh, care. have a good evening. You too. Bye, man. See ya. Woof, woof, woof. So sorry. That was my dog. Get in your cage, will you, Regal?